0: So the big question is this, how do veterinarians like you, who live demanding lives, who never seem to have enough time, able to achieve balance and take control of your finances with confidence? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. We are Florida Veterinary Advisors, and this is the Smarter Vet Podcast. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Smarter Vet Podcast. This is your co-host, Tom Cico, uh, one of the co-founders of Florida Veterinary Advisors and a financial advisor. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, uh, whatever channel you're listening to, please make sure to write us a review, especially if it's on Apple Podcasts or go to our Facebook page, uh, subscribe and follow us because the more people that know about it, uh, the more that they can enjoy a lot of this great content that we push out here. And What we try to do every so often is bring new voices into the mix of everything we do. So CJ and I, we talk all about financial stuff. And at the same time, we like to bring other people in the industry into the mix of it. So uh, today I'm joined by someone who is going to provide a lot of great insights in the, some of the practice she's helping with veterinarians and the things that she's doing within the veterinary profession. Uh, she is the CEO and change agent for Carey Consulting, and uh, she has a very longstanding history in veterinary medicine. So I'd like to introduce Mia Carey.
1: Thank you, Tom. It's so good to be here with you today.
0: Yeah, no, this is going to be a very fun episode. And, uh, you know, with your very long history of different things, because it seems very exciting and a lot of things you've been doing, uh, for those who don't know who you are, I mean, would you mind sharing a little bit about yourself?
1: Sure, sure. So you make me sound like I'm 95, which is okay. (laughs)
0: Oh, no, you're not. (laughs) Not at all.
1: (laughs) It's all good. With age comes wisdom, so they say. Um, So I have been um, in the field since 99 when I graduated from veterinary school. Go Gators. I am a Gator veterinarian at heart. So shout out to all the Gator vets out
0: there. Good thing I'm a bull, so I think we can get along. (laughs) This
1: will be fun. It'll make the conversation even better.
0: Yes. (laughs) So,
1: you know, when I think of my career, I think of it in phases and anyone that's been to one of my presentations has heard this, so I'll just give the quick overview, but I I started out in research, spent six years in marine mammal research before veterinary school, and then my time before, during, and after veterinary school is what I consider my clinical phase, so I worked in veterinary practices um, before, during, and after vet school, and then I moved from there into my industry phase, and at the time I didn't even know what it meant to be an industry vet, but I quickly learned. Um, I spent five years at Novartis Animal Health and nine years at Beringer Ingelheim in a variety of roles. Um, Started out in sales, um, moved into marketing, technical support, um, executive leadership and education. Loved all of it, but then was ready for a new phase and then moved into my fourth phase. Fourth is close to the last phase, but my fourth one was associations. So I had the honor of leading all the educational initiatives for the NABC. And then also in a year, year and a half in a similar role with the AVMA, really heavily focused on education and partnerships. And then about two years ago, I launched my own business, Carrie Consulting, um, and I'm having a lot of fun being an entrepreneur and, and happily, and I, I feel very honored that I'm able to work with a lot of my previously, um, what were my employees, employers are now my clients. So I have a lot of fun working with the AVMA, um, NABC, AHA. Uh, and one of the hats that I wear that I um, enjoy quite much is being CEO of the Pride Veterinary Medical Community. So that, in a nutshell, is is where I've been and where I am now.
0: That's really cool. So, like, with your your business right now, and I think the big topic of all of this is that you know, being a, a CEO and change agent, like, what does that really mean?
1: So for me, it I am such a firm believer in everyday leadership and that all of us at any point in time can choose to be a leader. I believe strongly that leadership is a choice and a skill that we can develop. So when I launched my own business, um, CEO was an obvious title because it's my business and I'm the leader of it, but I really liked the idea of change agent because it's a reminder. Every time I see my business card or I see my email signature, it's a reminder to myself that I have a choice in any given day, in any given moment, am I going to be a force for positive change or am I gonna choose not to? And, you know, some days I'm just not up for it. Right. We all have our good days and our bad days, but more often than not, I attempt to be part of the solution um, and hence the moniker and the title.
0: Yes. So, you know, one thing is you're, you're focused a lot on, on leadership then is one of the parts that you're trying to help develop leadership in a lot of people.
1: Yes, absolutely. So leadership, really, if you think of all um, the different things that I'm involved in, that's the umbrella. And to me, there's so much involved in leadership, but whether I'm focusing on um, communication with a particular audience or strategic planning or inclusion or teamwork, I spend a lot of time in teamwork and collaboration and, and culture. It's all part of leadership. So I customize what I do to the particular client. And sometimes it's working with a whole organization. I do one-on-one coaching and then also presenting as well.
0: Awesome. That's cool. I, I believe a lot in leadership myself and I've read a lot of books and done a lot of practicing and now leading a team of uh, two people that actually look like work closely with me and then having a business partner as well. It's, it's interesting being able to try to work through a lot of that. So, Uh, I think it's empowerful. Even if you're not in a leadership position, it's always a lot of great skills that you can learn too.
1: Absolutely. When that's the reality of, you know, it's so interesting when you say a leadership position, that means so many different things to so many people. Many folks listening would go, oh, a leader is someone that has direct employees. But the reality is, regardless of where we work, who we work with, whether we report to someone or someone reports to us or both, we have that potential to be an act and, and influence others as a leader. So that's to me, the beauty of leadership is we all have that capacity in whatever role we're leading.
0: Yeah, I, I would say one of the biggest positions that I take is leadership as well as with my, my wife. <laughs> I'm always having to be there to be a, a leader as well. in a lot of that. So um, it's not like at all where I'm overseeing anyone or anything else. It's definitely a lot of good traits and qualities can come from that. So uh, I'm so out of all the things that you're doing and the people that you're working with in your business right now, what would you say is one of the main things that you're helping, or you feel like that a lot of people are struggling with when you first go in there?
1: Well, I'll say there's not a one main thing because it really is um, the topics and what we focus on is unique for each of the organizations. But if I had to look for that red thread in all of them, it, it actually comes back to leadership, you know, okay. whether an individual trying to build their own confidence and competence to do the things they know they need to do, or organizations just trying to to find their place, figure out, you know, what's their, um, what do they have unique that they can leverage for their intended audience? Um, a lot of folks struggle with just focusing on the tactics and not stepping back from that and really being strategic and and thoughtful and intentional and it's not from a lack of willingness sometimes it's just not having the tools or that are prioritizing and making the time to do so so i would say um, that leadership and strategy is a common theme where folks want to do more and do better and sometimes bringing in someone from the outside with fresh eyes and to be a neutral perspective can be really helpful
0: okay so when you're first sitting down to talk with someone, you know what, what does your process look like to be able to try to understand more about what they could use and how you can help them?
1: Yeah, it's it's very conversational, and it's me trying to understand where they are and where they want to go. And then if I can help them get there, then I share what are the tools and resources I can share. And if not, then I always say my superpower is connecting people. So if I, what I deliver, isn't a fit for what they're looking for, then I have a pretty nice network that I can connect them with others, which I love to do. So that's a little bit of the process. It's, it's very much based on figuring out what's the true need and where the organization or the individual want to go.
0: Okay. I love the whole connecting part. Cause that's where I'm usually myself, like, if I can't help you directly, I'm sure there's someone I can connect you with that can now help you.
1: (laughs) Yes, exactly. That's the beauty. And especially in our profession, in some ways, it's so small in a good way that there's usually you can connect the folks that need to be connected pretty easily.
0: Absolutely. So when you're, you know, when you're looking down uh, and not looking down, but when you're actually starting to talk with different people, You know, you say leadership tends to be one of the main focal points. Of course, that can be a huge umbrella of many things can be packed underneath that. Because, of course, you'd mentioned communication and some other things earlier. Uh, You know, when it comes to when you sit down um, in different areas that you're helping them within, let's say, leadership, what are some of the the categories that you would say that you're helping them talk more about and supporting them with? So,
1: again, it's very individual for each one of them clients and what they're trying to do. Um, a recent conversation that I just came off of actually two hours ago was on strategic planning. So having an initial framework of gathering information. So helping to um, helping the group understand What they're doing right maybe what they could be doing even better not only from their own perspective but also from um, other companies that they work with or their clients or their customers and even other departments within their organization so helping to tee up that information and then sift through it so that they can whether it's working on a swot analysis or working working on a three-year strategic plan but always trying to look down the road to what's coming around the corner next and, and help tee them up for success So that's something that just this morning, um, I spent time with the team. Um, And it's so rewarding, you know, to go through that process with them and see them excited about what's to come in the future. So that's something that's really um, common in the conversations that I have. And and that's not only leadership for the leader of that team, but for each one of them, you know, to um, be able to really thrive in their positions and what they're trying to accomplish and being connected with something bigger than themselves. That's another part of what we always try to find because it's so much more rewarding when you have that purpose that's larger than yourself, but also you can connect that to your personal purpose.
0: Right. Do you find that a lot of times when you meet people for the first time that they don't have like a bigger belief of what they're trying to accomplish?
1: You know, it's interesting. I see that. And then I see, you know, some of the times they may have that like, okay, well, where do I tie into, for example, my organization? But what I find more often than not is they haven't made the time to focus on their own purpose. So that mm. self-awareness piece of, well, you know, why do I get up in the morning? What what matters most to me as an individual? And then, and you know, I encourage a lot of my clients to write it down. You know, personal purpose statement is so important. And then evolving that as you evolve as an individual, that's actually something that I see more often than not that's missing. Um, and it's easy to do, you know, once you sit down and do it, and then you can tweak it as, you know, you grow and evolve. It's, it's such a helpful tool.
0: I agree creating your purpose statement, your personal one, (laughs) it's not an easy thing to do. Uh, I would always say I'm trying to refine what mine is. And I think even the biggest part is um, I find it so fascinating that a lot of, not a lot of people have goals that they've physically written down. And I know every time I have this planner, I use the full focus planner. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with it at all.
1: Uh, I am.
0: Yeah. So every time I sit down every quarter, I have to sit down and write down, like, what are my goals? Which one am I going to tackle this time? Is it a, a habit or an achievement goal? What do I want to do with it? And it's just like, sometimes you got to understand, like, what are we really trying to work towards? Otherwise, it can almost seem kind of meaningless. Like, why are we doing this? What's the point of even trying to focus on this?
1: Exactly. If you can't tie it back to the purpose, and again, whether you're talking organizationally, a purpose or your own Um, and the two are inherently linked right and so then you can reassess goals all you want but if they've strayed so far from your original purpose then you know it's kind of wasted time and effort and it's and it's interesting because you i said creating a purpose statement is easy and you said it's really challenging and i agree with you to the extent that it's it's important and it's big and it can be complex But I just want to say for the listeners out there, if you've never done one before, starting it isn't that hard. It's really as simple as, you know, what are the keywords that come to mind that are so important to you in terms of what you value, what matters most to you. And if you can identify those couple of keywords, then you can string them into an action-oriented sentence. And then you've got to start to your purpose statement. Now, I think to your point, Tom, as we constantly yeah. revisit that and, and refine it and make sure it resonates with us. But I didn't, I don't want to scare off those that are out there that <laughs> have never done it before, that it's doable. It's super doable. And we should all have that purpose statement.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I guess maybe it's a kind of, kind of put my foot on my mouth here a little bit with regards to this. Uh, what, I, what I mean by complicated, too, is it's, uh, it gets to a part when you first go to sit down. It's kind of like writer's block. When you're trying to figure out like anything that we try to do, it's like, sometimes things seem so complex and then trying to break them down in small little steps to be able to start working at them. Right. Um, and I know what would really help me when it makes it simpler is you just start writing whatever you're thinking and throwing it on paper, like what you're saying, those words, those connecting words. And it might be this hodgepodge of different things, but then over time trying to clean it up and clarify what it really is. Uh that's usually starting and understand the clarity. I, w- I would say, even in the financial aspect, when we help people with finances, they're always like, Where do I start? It's actually simpler than you think it might be. So,
1: yes. Well, and I love what you said about writing it down. And that's true, whether you're talking about, you know, financial situation, um, whatever that is, is just something about, you know, getting it down on a piece of paper that allows you to frame it and then realize, Well, wait, is that really where I'm at? Or do I need to tweak that? But right. what's well, the written word.
0: It's, oh, I'm, I'm having writer's block. Well, the best way you can get out of writer's block is you just start writing. <laughs> exactly. It doesn't matter what it is. Um, yes. I even know a great exercise I started doing a long time ago, maybe about two years ago, is a journal. I try to do it every every day, but it's something that sometimes I go a few days without doing it. But it's a good way to kind of practice that muscle of constantly being able to f- kind of critically think more and write stuff down. And it's been helpful for me. So, um, well, cool. So when it comes to leadership type things. So, cause like, are there any type of tools or different things that you, people have been able to, you've been able to provide people or things that people have been able to use on their own to support some of their leadership development?
1: Yeah. So there's so many good resources out there from books to read, to podcasts, to courses to take. Um, I live here in Greensboro, North Carolina, and right up the road is the center um, for leadership. That is um, amazing. Um, In terms of resources, I mean, just a simple framework for the personal purpose statement. That's a a resource that I have available. Um, I have what's called a personal innovation roadmap that talks about, you know, the building blocks of personal innovation, what the barriers are to those, and then how to prevent or overcome the barriers. And I think um, innovation is a critical part of leadership and having an open, mindset to quote Carol Dweck and being really excited about change versus fearing change or is all part of that innovation and leadership. So those are just a couple of tools that I personally have available. But again, I have no problem speaking to my own resources, but I also want to share that there's just so many wonderful tools and resources, even outside of veterinary medicine. I think so often we think we have to pull everything from within our industry, but it's so fun to borrow and steal from other industries as well. There's a lot of good stuff out there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I would I would agree with that. It's it's interesting sometimes of course being, you know, focusing a lot on the veterinary profession is a big factor of a lot of this. However, you know, we all are human and sometimes you can sort of take things from different areas and they all apply to everyone. Of course, we all have different needs and different things that we might all have, but it all boils down to there are certain things that can help everyone, which is which is a great thing to know.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like the work that you and your team do. I mean, that's certainly critical regardless of what field we're in, but having someone that specializes specifically in the veterinary field and specifically um, for this financial um, management and trying to help us make good decisions is extremely important.
0: Absolutely. Well, so if there was something that you could be able to share with everyone who's listening right now, if they're like, hey, I want to take a step to just even on the, the note of leadership, because it seems like the big theme for today. If someone were wanting to, let's say, go test their leadership or wanting to see maybe where you mentioned earlier, a SWOT analysis or something else, you know, what would be something that if they were to want to try to do it on their own right now, what would be maybe one point of advice that you could give them?
1: Hmm. So, if they wanted to test their own leadership or what, or develop their own leadership, what exactly did you? Yeah, make?
0: like a starting point for them if they're like, "Hey, I want to at least take a closer look at it."
1: Yeah. So, um, I would actually encourage individuals to, again, document, write down um, their own definition of leadership as a way to start. And mm. what I think most people will find—I did it myself—is that it was before I ever took any kind of leadership course or had any, you know formal training is trying to define leadership as an interesting process. And then you start to, you know, do some research and well, what are all the different definitions out there? And I have one article that has over a hundred different definitions of leadership. A so hundred? Yes, over a hundred. And so wow. you can certainly look for what's out there and see what other people have, and that'll help your own creative juices. And you may end up stealing one of their definitions of leadership as your <laughs> own, which is great. But the idea is have your own definition. So if if you're really thinking about going down that path, start with defining what leadership means to you because that'll help you then guide where you want to go with it.
0: That's awesome. I've actually never have done that myself, set down to define what leadership is. So I think I might do that maybe tonight after we get
1: up. Don't you share it with me once you have it?
0: Yeah, I'd be more than happy to. Uh, it's, it's fascinating because like it seems so simple and you think it's, it's amazing how each person can have so many different perceptions of how what one word could be. Yes. And um, I, w- I would be curious to what your definition of leadership is as well. Yes. So
1: oh, so I have two that I love. Um, okay. One is it's actually Lolly Dascal, It happens to be her quote, but I, I love it. It's um, leadership is the act of leading others with your whole heart, which really mm. resonates with me. And then my personal purpose statement is to me also a leadership statement, and that is activating others to thrive. And so there's a lot built into it for me. And it took me a long time to come up with that as my purpose statement. But when I did, I realized, well, you know, that's to me, leadership as well, you know, helping others to succeed, to thrive, and then eliminating barriers for them. To me, that's all tied into the concept of leadership.
0: That's fantastic. So you have two definitions, which is cool. That's really cool.
1: Well, that's what you'll see as you start. I mean, there's a 100 out there, but one person came up with, you know, we can certainly have multiple definitions of our own.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Well, it's, it's so fascinating too. like, you know, sometimes we try to always recreate the wheel on some things as well. And it's a lot of things that are already out there. There's already great ways of being able to define stuff and do certain things. And if you just kind of look a little bit, you'll be able to find it. So, uh, but that's cool. If, so if anyone wanted to get in in contact with you, or they're looking to want to have more conversation around this, uh, around this topic, I mean, what would be the best way for someone to reach out to you?
1: Well, so they're welcome to connect with me directly. I'll, I'll share my email. Um, also, my website, carryconsulting.com has a lot of the context around what I do and what I offer, and there's some resources there. Um, but my email is is simple, at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from anyone, see if there's any way that I can help them. And as we talked about earlier, I love connecting people. So um, I'd be happy to help in any way that I can.
0: Of course, that's awesome. All right, so for anyone who didn't get that information, I will make sure to include it in the description of the podcast episode. So you can make sure to be able to refer to it. Um, and please reach out to Mia; She's definitely a, a wonderful person to talk to. If you can need any advice or needs some direction or anything, of course, being a connector is, is something very powerful. So uh, and to end this, the right kind of put a pretty bow on all of this. You know, if you were to be an animal, if you were an animal, what animal would you be?
1: Hmm. Well, I love to swim. So my gut reaction says something in the ocean. If you were viewing me the way Tom is, you'd see pictures of whales behind me. <laughs> I also, you know, thought of being a bird and flying in the air is pretty cool. Um, boy. That's a great question, Tom. I think if I had to pick an animal today, it actually would be a bird is what I would pick so that I could soar through the heavens. And what makes me think of it is on a walk last weekend, we saw a pair of bald eagles, which we don't always get to see here in Greensboro. So they've been top of mind, but I love soaring through the skies. So that's what I would pick today.
0: That's cool. Yeah. I, I, I got to see bald eagles for the first time when I was in Alaska a little over a year ago, because it's, there's like 30,000 of them i think in one of the cities the main city i think is Juneau or something yeah. and uh yeah they basically talk about there's more more bald eagles than there are people over there so <laughs> i know when you see them over here in north carolina i mean that's that's a complete treat for sure <laughs> right
1: exactly well, so what about you which which animal would you be tom
0: which animal would i be uh you know it's one of those things that i've i've thought a lot about and sometimes i kind of go back and forth around different animals that are out there and uh you know because i I do love the aspect of like an elephant because i feel like they're very wise and like Mm -hmm. just the way that they are with their the community and everything else like that um but i also like the standpoint of being like a lion at the same standpoint because i love being the kind of like the not the ruler but more of the kind of the the person that people kind of look up to that whole leader leadership kind of aspect I think more of like the lion king kind of thing uh but you know, those are some things I I love the flying too. So, um, I, I have a hard time nailing it down to one thing myself.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Once you open it up, it's like, Oh, all the different things you could be. Right.
0: Yeah. I mean, if, if someone had to force me to do pick one, I don't know, I'd probably be on the, be like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what I'm going to do. I have to (laughs) figure out one. So, (laughs) but well, cool. This has been, uh, I've really enjoyed the conversation. I appreciate you sharing some of your thoughts. I hope all of the people listening to today have enjoyed some of uh, what you've shared with them. But thanks for joining me here, Mia.
1: Thank you, Tom. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: Absolutely. Maybe maybe some other time we'll have you on the show again. And uh, for those of you who are listening at the same time, we do have some other really great resources recently. So we just released a financial planning video miniseries. So if you're interested in want to see it or go check it out, it's absolutely free for you. So there's no charge for you to be able to watch it. Uh, It's five videos, 20 minutes a piece goes through a lot of different planning concepts and different things. Uh, So you should definitely check that out. And if you aren't subscribed to our podcast, make sure to subscribe. Uh, We definitely could use a lot more love to get the word out there and let people know of all this great stuff we're pushing out there. So for now, this is Tom Seiko wishing you a lifetime of financial success. Don't forget to visit our website and sign up for our newsletter. By subscribing, you'll be the first to know about upcoming race approved CE webinars, podcast releases, short presentations, and articles that we publish. Make sure to like us on Facebook, follow us on LinkedIn, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Securities and Exchange Commission as a registered investment advisor. Submission number 2023 151972 expires March of 2025.